We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here at American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today on this Wednesday edition of The Core here on American Family Radio. Hey, you can uh, listen to the show live at our website, AFR.net. We're also on the mobile application, the AFR app on your mobile device. You can download that app for free. It takes you just a couple minutes and you can catch the show live, but you can also go back and listen to past episodes of the core we are uh, live streaming video as well we're live streaming video on facebook or youtube just go to afa at the core page or channel depending on which one you're on um, and you can find the live video feed there if you want to watch the show and then afterwards uh, marty ends up uploading the video to our streaming platform so if you don't catch it live, you can always catch it on our AFA streaming video platform. Streaming.afa.net is that URL. Well, jumping into the show today, we have, uh, we are in Proverbs. I'm sorry, we're not in Proverbs. We are in Psalm, starts with the same letter. We're in the book of Psalm, chapter 6. And I want to pull out a few verses from here. Uh, verse 1 and 2, and then moving forward to verse 3. Um, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. Verse 4 says, Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. A couple, one thing I want to point out today is that you notice David doesn't say, O Lord, don't rebuke me. Uh, He doesn't say, uh, David doesn't say, don't discipline me. Instead, David David is welcoming rebuke, and he's welcoming discipline. David just says, oh, Lord, rebuke me, not in your anger, which is a complete, a completely different than saying, don't rebuke me. David is saying, just don't rebuke me in your anger. He also says, nor discipline me in your wrath. So uh, even David is is welcoming rebuke and he's welcoming discipline. And as children of God, we should always welcome rebuke and we should always welcome discipline. Now, this context, David is speaking to the Lord himself, but the same could be said about rebuke and discipline between fellow believers. Um, so that is... Um, something we need to be open to. We don't need to always assume that we have it right, that we're perfect, that we can't make mistakes, that we're immune from discipline, uh, because that's not the biblical uh, perspective on uh, our life here on this earth. So we need to be open to rebuke, open to correction, and open to changing course, because you have to completely ignore Scripture, you have to completely ignore human nature, and completely ignore our sin nature to think that you have it right, and you have it right all the time. <laughs> we, As much as we like to be right, 
as much as we should strive to be correct in our view of things and in our perspective and in our worldview, as much as we should strive to have a, a correct view of the world, a correct view of the issues, a correct understanding of Scripture, every single human being must admit that they do not always get it right. And if anybody is hesitant to admit that, to discuss that, to openly talk about that, that should raise red flags all over the place. Uh, you should be able to ask any believer, do you get it wrong sometimes? And their immediate answer should be, yes, I do get it wrong sometimes. Why? Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. Uh, I fall short of the glory of God, and I'm still working on sanctification, and the Holy Spirit is still working in my life. That should be the answer of all believers. Even the people that you look up to the most, uh, they are uh, humans too. They fall too. They are not perfect. And you you wouldn't think I would have to say that. And many of you are saying, duh, Walker, that's like a core tenet of Scripture. But um, it it uh, doesn't hurt to be reminded. Um, I wrote an op-ed for our blog site, The Stand. I also wrote it in addition uh, to being able to post it on The Stand, which is you can view our blog site by just going to our website, afa.net. I also wrote it for our news service, AFN, American Family News. And so I'm going to go through this um, this article I wrote, this column I wrote that was just published yesterday afternoon. It was actually on the rundown uh, yesterday as well. After one year of the Biden presidency, it is clear that this administration is focused on weakening and even removing the constitutional underpinnings of America. The same underpinnings that our founding fathers put in place to safeguard us from human nature. The question is, are we surprised to see where we are as a country? I'm not. When I look around at our culture, I see darkness, a culture made up of people that have little regard for biblical morality. The prophet Isaiah warned about where we are today when he wrote, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Moving on in this, in this column, I say that we are living in a day where a major political party, along with their allies in the media, believe that men can become women and women can become men. This same party fosters lawlessness in American cities and ignores the laws designed to keep our borders sovereign and secure. Democrats hate everything about America and the ideals she was founded on. To the contrary, the other party looks good on paper, but their leaders don't know how to fight for what they believe in. Republicans are a great minority party, but don't expect much to get done once they're in the majority. I guess you could say the same thing about the Democrats. All talk and no action is how I've often described the political show in Washington. As I said yesterday, it's the most intense pillow fight on earth. America was founded by men who understood human nature. In 1798, Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Kentucky Resolutions, In questions of power, then, let no more be heard of confidence in men, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. There's plenty of mischief going on in the District of Columbia, a special force cited in the Constitution that can be used to prevent man from mischief is the electorate. After seeing wickedness advance throughout the American culture, 
throughout American culture and in our nation's capital, I have become more convinced that our country is in desperate need of good men and women to enforce a major course correction. This is going to have to happen in several parts of society. Course correction must first take place in each home. The local church, the workplace, and city halls. Men must take control of their household and begin effectively leading their families, teaching their children right from wrong what is good and what is evil. The faithful must be engaged in their churches and support their pastors in shepherding the body of Christ toward obedience to Scripture. Godly men and women must be leaders in the workplace, not just leaders, but moral leaders, because there can be bad leaders as well. Leaders that shun evil and promote good. Leaders with integrity. Lastly, godly men and women must be engaged in the electing of moral individuals to serve in government, taking their entire household to vote for those who know right from wrong and who aren't afraid to speak the truth. I don't hesitate to criticize the political class in Washington and across state capitals around the country that have often been too concerned with their political future as opposed to the future of their country. They deserve every ounce of criticism for selling our country in exchange for access by special interest and corporate elites focused solely on profit as opposed to people. The glaring issue is that these individuals are elected by you and me. It is time that the American electorate take control of this country and put an end to the insanity. Many people are fed up with the American system of government to such an extent that they may want to throw their hands up and walk away. I know people who feel this way. They've disengaged out of frustration and lack of tangible results. We must not fall prey to this indifference. God commands his people to be salt and light no matter their circumstance. Disengagement is a tool of the enemy, a strategy that will surely end in defeat. Are there enough good people to enforce a major course correction and get this country on a path that embraces biblical morality? I don't know. History is full of examples of God using average men and women to bring about radical change. If course correction is to come about in America, it will begin household by household and neighborhood by neighborhood. So if you want to read this uh, column, you can go to afa.net. Right there on the homepage, the title of it is America is in Dire Need of a Course Correction. You can go there to afa.net and check that out. Um, Jumping into some of the other stories I wanted to get to, uh, I want to play a clip before we go to the break, uh, starting this discussion from uh, Israel. You know, uh, Israel uh, is usually leading the world in research, leading the world in advancement, when it comes to medical and scientific discoveries. Well, so so this is what I'm going to play here. This is an Israeli uh, advisor, a senior advisor with the Israeli government. His name is Professor Saril Cohen, and he is head of immunology at the Barhan University and a member of the advisory committee for vaccines for the Israeli government. Uh, so I'm going to go through. This is a very extensive interview. I only pulled about three clips from it. Uh, but this is this is a major professor in Israel admitting that some of the policies and some of the things that they have promoted haven't, not only have they not worked, but they've been bad ideas. The first thing we want to listen to 
is clip three. This is uh, the Israeli vac- vaccination chief uh, admitting that these shots are not performing as traditional vaccines. Clip three, let's listen. So we did believe at that time that vaccines can prevent also transmission. And the data was also in that sense. So what we believe is that you know vaccines can prevent transmission perhaps shortly after administered, but not over a long period of time. And therefore, yes, we were surprised to discover at the end of the day that no, the vaccines are not protecting us. They are not causing what we call sterilizing immunity. There you have it. That's a that's not me. That's not uh, Bobby. That is um, that is a major Israeli uh, professor, one of the leads of their entire vaccination program in Israel. That is consulting with the Israeli government to set policy, and he says there that the shots are not providing sterilized immunity meaning they are not providing true immunity and prevention uh, of infection, which is what I've been saying for months now. Our our own government, the U.S. government, has admitted this. But I bring that up not to continue reiterating the same point. But first off, it's coming from a country where they have been very, very hardcore. They have been very, very stringent on this entire vaccination program. Uh, to such an extent, they are one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Israel is, all right? So this is not coming from a, quote, anti-vaxxer or someone who's always been skeptical of vaccines. This is come up for, coming from someone who has been promoting and, and encouraging the government to force vaccination amongst the entire population. And he is saying that these shots are not preventing infection, all right? So, so the reason I bring this up is because this is a game changer in the discussion, in the in the moral, scientific, medical, and legal discussion of vaccination programs, and specifically the COVID-19 shot. If the shot is no longer performing as a vaccine and is rather than performing as a therapeutic, that is a legal game changer on the landscape of mandates, on the landscape of do these go on shot, recommended shot records or shot uh, recommendations at the state level, it's a complete game changer. Never in American history have we mandated therapeutics. Do we start now? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Statistics show that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and to commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. Yet the percentage of children born to fatherless homes has skyrocketed in America. As of 2015, 25% of white, 53% of Hispanic, and 73% of black babies are born into fatherless homes. While scripture teaches that the weight of raising children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord falls upon fathers, seems like we need a movement that says fatherhood matters. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Failure is an inevitable part of life, but only for those willing to take a risk. It's comfortable to live in a space of the familiar. Predictability and assurance are cozy concepts, but when we don't stretch ourselves and in the process swing big and miss, we never really grow. If your girl has tried and failed recently, comfort her. There comes a time in every girl's life that the sure thing comes into question, and oftentimes there are moments of agonizing self-reflection. As her parent, it's not your job to fix it, but to remind her who she is. Even when her gifts and talents are scrutinized and criticized by others, it's God's plan she must pursue. He equips those whom He calls. She just needs to say yes. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. You've been down long enough No more walking in shame Cause the way that he loves you Isn't something you can change You've been running in circles But you can't hide from grace Cause the way that he loves you Isn't something you can change Just like To the core here on American Family Radio. This is Worship Wednesday, and that was Pour Your Spirit Out by Thrive Worship. Um, that is Pour Your Spirit Out by Thrive Worship. So that's our song for the week. That's our Worship Wednesday for this week. Uh, one story before we jump back into this uh, Israeli vaccine advisor and some of the admissions that he had uh, when discussing uh, Israel's approach to the pandemic with, uh, he's actually talking to a British journalist, I believe, in this video that we're playing here. But the uh, Bobby just sent me this over uh, just before the show, and that is uh, breaking news that Britain is ending all 
of their COVID measures, all the passports, the passports that didn't work, um, the mask mandates and all the work restrictions. Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced the end of COVID-19 measures introduced to curb the rapid spread of the Omicron variant in Britain as he looks uh, to live with the virus after a peak in cases. That's out of Newsmax. Uh, so that's good news. And he, there's probably a couple of reasons he did that. One of the reasons is probably because he got caught partying the other day. His entire staff was out having cocktails with no mask on in um, in Britain while the rest of the uh, the country was uh, going through all these restrictions. I think Nancy was there too. I'm not sure. Probably Pelosi and all the other Democrats uh, enjoying their parties while the rest of the country is told they can't go to dinner and you can't go to the grocery store and you got to stay home if you got the sniffles. Um, so that's that's what's going on in Britain. But back to this Israeli uh, vaccine advisor, this Israeli scientist. He is, once again, his name is Professor Surreal Cohen. He's the head of immunology at the Barhan University in Israel, also a member of the Advisory Committee for Vaccines for the Israeli government. Another thing that he, he discussed in this uh, in this interview is that um, well, this is this is clip four. It's it's really a play on. It's a continuation of the an admission that these that these shots are not performing as true vaccines. Which is, you know, you go. So what, Walker? Okay, it's a therapeutic. It's not a vaccine. But folks, this is once again, as I keep saying, this is a game changer. All right, we cannot begin lumping in therapeutics with vaccines and acting like they're all the same. They are fundamentally not the same, and they cannot be treated the same. Um, and that, that has implications in various aspects of life. But this is clip four. This is the same professor uh, talking about um, how they are performing as therapeutics and not vaccines. Clip four, let's listen. The narrative or policies hasn't yet caught up with the reality because Israel was also famous for being one of the first countries to introduce a green pass or a vaccine pass, yep. which presumably the principle of it is that you can feel safe in a room full of vaccinated people if it prevents transmission. In a world where it doesn't prevent transmission very much or at all, vaccine passports are not really very relevant. Has Israel caught up with that fact? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not only myself saying that in, you know, in the medias, you know, in, you know, for the past few months, but, you know, other people, especially with the Omicron, where we don't see virtually any difference, you know, there's a very narrow gap between people vaccinated and non-vaccinated, both can get infected with the virus more or less at the same pace. But I want to tell you, there is another side to the what we call the green pass. If you take two rooms, one that is full of people that are vaccinated and one, of one full of people that are not vaccinated, and you introduce a virus, the impact at the end of the day, on the healthcare system of the propagation of a virus in a vaccinated population or vaccinated room is less because the vaccine can prevent severe disease than. But that's a that's a very that's just a very different point, isn't it? That's that's about yes, you know the the, the impacts on consequences. Hospitals. Yeah, but yes. so I played that clip, and people are probably going. Walker, that works against your point. That guy's saying that vaccines work to prevent severe illness and hospitalization. Well, first off, I've never said that they don't. I've questioned whether they do, but I've never definitively said that the shots don't work 
at preventing severe illness and hospitalization. I've questioned how trustworthy that data is, and you look at different parts of the world, you're going to get different numbers. You look at certain studies, and they say that, you know, these things are 80% effective at keeping people out of the hospital. You look at other studies, and it's like the majority of people that get the shot go to the hospital. Okay, so it depends on which study you're looking at, which country you're looking at, how good the data is, all right? But I've never said that vaccines don't work at preventing severe illness and death. What I've said is that's not a vaccine. That's a therapeutic, all right? And that's a, an important difference here. Uh, so to, to the professor's point, if we are all now admitting that these shots prevent severe illness and death and they don't prevent infection and transmission, then the question becomes, how much can the government mandate and force certain medical treatments and decisions in the name of keeping people out of the hospital? Like, how, how far do we let this go? Because people go, there's probably people that say, well, if it keeps our hospitals from getting overwhelmed and, and it, it allows elective procedures to continue, so on and so forth, people go, well, then it should be mandated, even though it's not a vaccine. It's not performing as a vaccine, rather. Um, so if, if, we're, if we want to have that discussion, let's have it. But I think what we're soon going to find out is that is not a path we want to go down, my friends. Do, are you willing to go down a path where the CDC tells you what medications you take, not, not what you choose to take, not what is a recommended prescription, but what you are forced to take in order to go to dinner or to go to the grocery store or to even have a job, is, are, are we okay with the government and private businesses mandating therapeutics? And I think what we'll soon find out is that we should all agree that that is a no-go. That is a no-go. Why is it a no-go? Because it's not the government's responsibility to tell me that I have to take vitamin C every day or I have to walk one mile every day. Can they recommend that? Sure, absolutely. Recommend it all day. I'm talking about mandating it for earning a living, mandating it for my child to be able to go to school, mandating it for me to go to the grocery store. That is a dangerous path to go down to allow the government to mandate therapeutics in order for you and I to participate in daily life. And I've brought in the smoking example. I've brought in the Big Mac example. There are all kind of things that you and I can nitpick, and we can say, this isn't healthy, and that's not healthy, and too much screen time is bad for your brain, and sitting on the couch is terrible for your back. And, I mean, we, we can sit here, and by the way, studies differ on all this stuff. One study says that eating a Big Mac a day actually makes extends your life. You read another study, and they say eating a Big Mac a day cuts your life in half. And I, I'm being a little, uh, I'm being a little exaggerated here, but you get the point. You read different studies, and some things say you need eight hours of sleep. Another study says if you sleep eight hours, you're lessening your lifespan. So all of this is changing at times because once again, science sometimes does change the more information we find out. But as a country and as a world, we, I'm telling you, we don't want to go down the path where the government mandates therapeutics. That is a terrible idea. 
an absolute terrible idea. And that's where we are in this discussion if we all admit the reality that these are not performing as traditional vaccines. The last clip I'll play from this interview is the Israeli professor here admitting that the world should have never shut down the public education system, clip five. One way to ask the question is SARS-CoV-13 or you know, COVID-23, yes. when the next one hits, what would you do differently? Will you, would you, if you're advising the government in Israel, would you be more cautious about suddenly going to lockdowns and transport yes. things? You would. So, so explain that to, to me. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, I think that, you know, one of the, uh, and, and this is what also Israel is showing right now, okay, that we almost have no measures put aside, you know, the, the green pass. We have no lockdown. Everything's open. Bar, restaurants, you know, we have no, you know, people will behave accordingly. We have people that are vulnerable that say, okay, I won't go out. I prefer not to get out. So I think that we have learned, you know, there is one mistake I think that we made and that I'm extremely sorry for that. You know, we have made a few mistakes, but again, is education. For me, education was a thing we shouldn't have touched. Never, never. No school and closures, no sending exactly. universities home. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This, this will have some repercussions in the future. And that's the thing, you know, I'm extremely sorry about. We know, for example, you know, we closed schools. We know that other countries didn't close schools. And I'm jealous of that. So there you have it. That's the Israeli professor, one of the lead vaccine researchers and advisors there, saying that he regrets shutting down schools. And he says he's envious of those who never shut them down. He wishes he was like them. Uh, so that's some humility here. And, you know, I appreciate the humility. And unfortunately, this type of, of honesty, which is okay. Yes, were these decisions life-altering? Absolutely. But at least he is coming out saying we shouldn't have done this and we should not have done that. I wish our own government would do the same. And, and, and by the way, this... This brings up the point that every person that was fired from hospitals and private employers around the country, the thousands who lost their source of income over this therapeutic, they should be reinstated. They should be reinstated. And I've got a story out of California from last week where now California is letting COVID-positive sick nurses come to work because they don't have enough workers. So we fire the people who won't get the experimental shot, perfectly healthy, probably great workers most of the time. We fire them, send them to the house, tell them they're not welcome to serve in our medical system. And then we bring the sick workers who have the shot to work and to serve in the emergency room. This is no joke out of California. Um, citing a staffing crisis at California hospitals, controversial new state guidelines are allowing hospitals that fired unvaccinated doctors and nurses to force those still on the job to stay on the clock if they have COVID-19 but are not showing symptoms. So these people are infected. Maybe they're asymptomatic, but they're still coming to work. They're still coming to work. And that brings up the whole question, 
should people with the sniffles be able to come to work? I don't know. Maybe. But if they're seeing high-risk patients, maybe not. But nonetheless, um, they are. we went from 14 days of quarantine, <laughs> not if you have COVID, if you've seen somebody with COVID. We went from 14 days of quarantine, if you're, if you're healthy but you've been around it, to now sick nurses coming to work because we don't have enough nurses. So what I would suggest, hospital systems across the country should begin rehiring all the people that they wrongly terminated. I would actually probably back pay them as well because that's a wrongful termination all over a therapeutic. And now in California, you have sick nurses going to work because they fired all of the vaccinated ones. The last clip, well, I'll play two more clips. Well, I don't have time. We're going to play one more clip here. Um, this is Gail King, a CBS Mornings co-host. This is her on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert saying that we need to live our lives. Let's listen. We were backstage, yes, sir. and yes. I was, I, you know, you hugged me when I got backstage. We hugged just now. I Obviously, everyone's got a nice, nice hug from Gail over here. Are you nervous at all to do that? Because after two years, I where know, are I'm you so in? I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to be good too. But I'm a little exhausted. No, but I said, I said to Stephen, so I'm all vaccinated. I'm all boosted. He goes, it doesn't matter. And that is what's well, so if scary. Well, it's positive. No, that's if what positive, I mean. I have to stop the show. No, and there are all there are already so many breakthroughs. So I am worried about that. But you know what, Stephen? I'm so tired of being tired and afraid of this. I am. I think we all have got to figure out how we can live our lives and navigate it. And that's where I am. I, I, I don't want to go back home. I don't want to go back home. You know, at CBS, you know, we get tested on a regular basis. Thank you, CBS, because they have testing facilities right there so we can get tested on a regular basis. All right. Well, I agree and I disagree. I agree with her. Let's live. All right. Let's live. So good for Gail King. To CBS, please stop testing healthy people. To the world, please stop testing healthy people. If you don't have symptoms, don't swab the nose. <laughs> That's my layperson advice for the world. All right. Stop testing people who aren't sick. Let's go on about our lives. Hey, next segment, we're going to have Pastor Miles Holmes on the show to talk about his work in the state of Illinois and in his church there at Revive in Collinsville, Illinois. Stay tuned. Next segment for Pastor Holmes. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. 
Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Miki. And we've been married 16 years. You know, one of the things that Miki asked me before we got married, she's like, why do you want to marry me? What is it about, about me? Really, the Lord had put on my heart that God was putting us together for destiny and for purpose and that he had a ministry that he desired to do through us that, you know, we were both ministering on our own, but together that God was going to, you know, use us to minister. There is no one who is closer to you than your spouse, and there is no one who knows you better. And this is by God's design. Marriage is the first institution that God has given us to to shape us and to mold us and to show us ourselves. It's a beautiful picture. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. This time of year, many people make resolutions, but unfortunately, they just don't stick. Franklin Graham. Let me tell you about a decision that you can make today that can change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. You see, God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to take our sins. And he died on a cross and he shed his blood for our sins. And he was buried and on the third day, God raised him to life. If you're willing to trust Jesus, he will change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, God, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is your son. I want to trust him as my savior. And I'm willing to follow him as my Lord from this day forward forever. Amen. Someone is ready to talk with you right now about a relationship with Jesus Christ or simply pray with you. Call 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. God bless you and a happy new year to each and every one. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core. Hey, if you want to call in, I'm going to take a couple calls at the end of this segment. So if you want to call in to the show, provide a little commentary, maybe some uh, questions about the topics we've discussed on the show then you can do so by calling 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you want to call into the core, we'll be glad to take your calls uh, at the end of this segment, 888-589-8840. Uh, going to our guest that I teased before the break, we're going to talk to Pastor Miles Holmes in Illinois, in Collinsville, Illinois, pastor of Revive Church there in Collinsville. Pastor Holmes, welcome to the core. It's uh, great to be with you, my friend, and I've got to tell you, I so appreciate the work of the American Family Association, and what's fascinating is when God gives you a right-on-time current confirmation that we really are fellow soldiers in the war for our culture, I've got to tell you. Just this morning, I announced on uh, my Facebook pages that I'm preaching a message tonight called Course Correction, the Whole Gospel for the End Times. A little later, I checked my email, and there's an email from American Family Association with your name on it that said, America needs a course correction. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Providential. Yeah, around, here, around here, we call that a powerful Holy Spirit confirmation. Great to be with you. Love what you're doing. Praise God, and evidence that God is at work. God is at work Amen. in his people. people. Hey, uh, Pastor Holmes, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and the church you pastor now there in, in Collinsville. 
Well, praise the Lord, I'm originally from Canada, immigrated to the USA in 2006, became a citizen in 2016, four days before the federal election, by the way, and I, I got uh, allowance to vote in my first election in 2016. been pastoring here in Revive at, uh, for 11 years now, loving it. Uh, God has blessed the church, and uh, interestingly, God has blessed the church more in the past two years under COVID than we've seen in 11 years. So if you don't go woke, you won't go broke. <laughs> God will bless powerful churches. And I think I think that's uh, being recorded across America. Churches that stayed strong and stayed open, God is blessed, and that's what we're seeing here. Amen. And people are hungry for the truth, not just the truth in general. I'm talking about God's truth. Um, Absolutely. People are hungry for God's truth, and that's why churches like yours are thriving, because you are on a, on a unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, Pastor Miles, uh, we weren't going to talk about this, but since you're from Canada, give our audience a little history, just a brief history of, of Canada and religious freedom there or the lack thereof, because, you know, people think of Canada, oh, it's just right next door. It's got to be like America. But they are very, very uh, hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ there. Absolutely. It's 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 so sad. I mean, it's... it's uh... Uh, even the conservatives, and here's here's what's critical. You have to understand this. There's a conservative party in Canada, uh, capital C, and they're supposed to be small C conservative, but even they voted 100% for the uh, federalization, the criminalization in federal law just a couple of weeks ago of any preacher or counselor or therapist being involved in conversion therapy. In other words, if a young person or an adult wanted help with um, with staying biblical, st- marrying a somebody of the opposite sex or staying with their gender and they want to help with that. If a preacher preaches about it or a counselor or a therapist helps them deal with the unwanted sexual attractions or unwanted lust, they're susceptible to two years in prison. And conservative, these are people who call themselves Christians now. Wow. I know some of these people. They voted 100% for that. And that's why this past year, this past Sunday rather, across America and across Canada, thousands of pastors preached a message on biblical sexuality, both in Canada Hmm. and in the USA, to stand up for our right to preach the gospel. Now, of course, Canada doesn't have a First and Second Amendment like America has. We have a little bit more constitutional power to stand behind our right to preach the truth and say that government, any form of government, has no power to tell me what I can or cannot preach. But Canada is in a desperate place, and I believe, and I, I say this to my Canadian pastor friends, um, you know, with a broken heart. But I think had they stood up years ago um, on mass, we wouldn't be in this place now. But so many Canadians, uh, pastors, and I, I grew up in Canada. I know mm-hmm. this. I, I know this from dealing with many pastors who felt that pastors should not be involved in politics. And this is what it's produced, a nation that has rejected God, rejected truth. And now even conservatives want to jail pastors if they preach biblical sexuality. It is astonishing. Yeah. And of course, a lot of the churches are, are still closed up because of COVID and uh, sad, sad times. Yeah. Miles, uh, before I let you go, uh, give our audience, in your in your view as a believer and your view as a pastor in Illinois, what do you see as the path out of this chaos and the course correction that you, you talked about a minute ago? Well, it's it's pastors getting back to preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God, preaching on heaven and hell and judgment and wrath to come. Mm. Pastors preaching the whole gospel and pastors not being afraid to tackle political issues. And I say that very powerfully because 
you have to understand, at least 80% of every political issue is a moral issue. And yes. very conservatively, every single political issue is actually a moral issue. So 100% of moral, moral issues are biblical issues, if you follow that math. <laughs> so if we ignore 80% of political issues, it means we're not preaching the Bible, we're not prophetic, we're not calling America to repentance and righteousness, and we're failing our mission of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. I tell preachers, um, if Jesus is not Lord of your politics, then he's not Lord at all. Mm. The Black Robe Regiment, we need it back in America again. We, we need godly preachers to stand up and rebuke the wickedness. And I say very carefully, Biden is not the Antichrist. He's not that smooth. He's not that smart. But the spirit of the Antichrist is in the White House today, and we've got to fight that in our pulpits, in our prayer meetings, and at the voting booth. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Holmes. We're going to have you back on the show. Thank you for coming on. I'd love to. Bless you. All right. God bless you. Pastor Miles Holmes from Revive Church there in Collinsville, Illinois. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We're going to go to TJ in Oklahoma. TJ, welcome to the core. Yes, I just want to thank you, first of all, for your program. You do a great job in, uh, in uh, letting us know, you know things that are going on out there. I just want to tell you I appreciate that. But uh, basically, I just wanted to let uh, give y'all or let y'all know about what happened to me. Um, I'm a civil service worker, and I told them, you know, whenever it came down to, you know, oh, you need know, you got to go get the jab and everything else like that. I told them, yeah, my work. I wasn't going to get the jab until it came down to my job, because I've got you know a big family to provide for, and I can't afford to lose my job. But I'm not going to get the jabs because I'm gonna, you know I'm not going to get it until absolutely you know it's my job or or get the jab. Yeah. And it came down to that, and uh, so I got the first shot, and I, I like I said I'm a civil service worker. I around I work around a lot of people every day close quarters, and I'm also a uh, process server, so I serve court documents in a pretty good-sized city, and I've gone into hospitals, nursing homes, face-to-face with people and everything else like that, never got COVID this whole time. I got my first shot, within a week I I came down with COVID. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, TJ, you got anything else there? That's it. I just wanted well, to let you all know. All right. Thank you, TJ. So TJ goes two years with no COVID, gets the the shot, the therapeutic shot, and the next week has COVID. Coincidence? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But who knows whether that shot ended up leading to him getting sick. Uh, we'll go to Michigan and talk to Charlie there in the state of Michigan. Charlie, welcome to the core. Hi. Hey, to add on to what was just said, um, I met with my doctor, telemedicine, of course, and um, asked me if I got the shot. It's like, no, I'm not going to take the vaccination. And she said, well, there's all these things. There's trying to get it, put the fear mongering into me to convince me to get the shot. And if um, there's somebody who has Omicron, they're on ventilation, and if you don't get it, you may get it. And if you don't get the vaccination, um, 
we're not going to give you therapeutics. And they said, well, what about the monoclonal antibodies or some other things? And it's like, no, you're not priority. Only people who have vaccination will get the priority first. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that 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 makes sense, right? <laughs> and Charlie, you know, what's a sh- what's one of the most shameful parts of this, Charlie, is there's not a shortage of monoclonal antibodies. And you might, you probably know this, but we have so many monoclonal antibody, uh, so much supply, we don't know what to do with it. We're sending it to other countries. And so not only is that reasoning faulty, uh, let's get it to the people who got the shot and the people who don't, we're just going to let them die. No, not only is that illogical and immoral, but we have so many antibody supplies that we don't know what to do with it. And so this is all political and they're leveraging literally everything to force people to get this shot, and your story is just one of millions. Bill in Mississippi. Bill, welcome to the core. Hey, Bill, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I got you now. What's on your mind? I just, um, last week I was listening to your, yes, I am. Are you there? Yes, sir. Hey, Bill, you're live. I got you. I can hear you. All right. I was listening to your show last week when you had a replacement, um, host and and he was talking about all the federal mandates for these shots and stuff you know medical workers that get medical uh federal funding and all this but you know it's funny to me that we don't have to have it if you're a federal worker for the post office but you have to have it if you're if you have anything else to do with it um why isn't that um considered discrimination well, Bill, you know, you, you bring t- such a good point. I don't know if we can allow it to continue on the air. Mm. You know, this is where if you're on CNN or something, they cut your mic. Yeah. Uh, no, Bill, I'm kidding. But to your point, the reason the Postal Service hasn't been mandated is because they have a massive union. Exactly right. They have a exactly massive right. union that uh, funds the Democrats with a lot of campaign contributions. So to prove that a lot of this is political, that's the reason – that the post office has been for a certain time been immune, uh, pun pun not intended, from the mandatory jabs. You know, and and that's there again. That reinforces the fact that it is discriminatory. Uh, you know, um, let's follow the science. Let's follow the money. And and you know, enough of this is enough. And yeah. and I think the American people are are, are fed up with it. And it, it, there's time to take a stand. Amen. Preach it, Brother Bill. Hey, you know, to your point, Bill, there's actually a nurse in Houston, Texas at, uh, I don't want to say the medical center and get it wrong, but there's a nurse, or actually an MD, a doctor, that was terminated for her viewpoint on how to treat COVID patients. Well, she's actually suing the hospital system now, which is a beautiful thing, and she's suing them for access to all of their financials, and if they're receiving money from pharmaceutical companies or any of the doctors that are like, you know, heavy-handed, you've got to get the jab if you're my patient, are any of those doctors getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical companies? Not that that's wrong to get a cut from a product or a service that you sell, but we need to know that. Patients need to know, is my doctor telling me that I need to get this shot because he genuinely believes it's the right thing to do or because he's going to get a $100 cut for every single patient that gets the jab. And that is not far-fetched. 
if you don't know the medical community, you don't know uh, the medical system, then you don't know that this goes on. But there are there are major benefits to people for referrals and for uh, rec- recommended uh, medicines, therapeutics, shots, whatever you're talking about here. There are certain programs where the pharmaceutical companies do pay doctors for their referrals and for their uh, uh, uh leading patients to take certain drugs. Uh, So we just need to know that. The patient needs to know, are there any strings here? Are you recommending this just because you genuinely think it's the right thing to do? Last call for the day. Hey, Stephen in Virginia, you got about 30 seconds. What's on your mind? Yes, I had Omicron and I have five days of body aches. And I think that too many people too often downgrade the seriousness of it. Five days of body aches is no fun. It really isn't. Secondly, to your point on uh, pharmaceuticals, I work with pharmaceuticals. That's old school. Pharmaceuticals did get kickbacks from uh, pharmaceutical companies. But for, 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 for vaccination, my mother saw her, her geriatric doctor, and he encouraged her to get the vaccination. But there was no referral at all. There, right. And I, 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 I think we got to be fair to the situations rather than uh, all right. uh, so, so, Stephen, Stephen, are you saying there's no referrals ever? Or you're saying in no, your situation no, there's not referrals? But, if, but if, if there's a suspicion of it, then, 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 then provide the proof. That's what we I just said, evidence. Stephen. That's what I just we said, Stephen. Evidence. Exactly. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear the evidence for that suggestion, so it's an assertion that gets people riled up. No, no, Stephen, Stephen, I'm going to let you go because I don't have time. But I said I did not accuse every doctor of getting a kickback. I said some people, some doctors, some medical facilities do get kickbacks, and that needs to be publicly admitted. That needs to be publicly displayed. We need to know that information. That's not accusing all. That's saying that it does happen, which you admitted it does happen. And the patient needs to know where those strings are attached. And my question is, do we throw the Constitution in the trash over five days of body aches? The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.